Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance. And for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us and God is in all truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Welcome to Zero Today. I am your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation. Promoting a knowledge that is engaging and transforming, we are here to empower you, our listeners, to knowing, being, doing, impacting the world around you. And as always, you're welcome to join us on this illuminating journey. And there's several ways you can do that. First, by calling in the number 347-237-5230. That is the number to call to get your thoughts, insights, opinions, two cents, four cents, six cents, a dollar in. Also, you can follow us. The, the um, We do have the live chat room open, so you can get your thoughts in on there, share that. Also, you can go to our Facebook page, Zero Network on Facebook, and leave a comment Leave uh, uh, whatever you want to do, like the page, subscribe to the show, like the show, do all of that you would like to do on that. Also, drop us, follow us on Twitter at Prophesy, follow us on, uh, uh, send us an email, PastorLorenzoNeal at gmail.com. We are here for you, and of, all, of course, always go visit the show site, uh, blogtalkradio.com slash zero today. Like the page, subscribe to the page, follow the blog, LorenzoTNeal.com. Hey, we're all over the place, and we're glad to be here on another Wednesday. It is the uh, uh, mid, yeah, it's the middle of middle of November, <laughs> middle of the dip, November, and again, uh, Monday was Veterans Day, and we uh, want to extend our uh, thanks, commendations, and uh, everything to our veterans who are serving this country. Uh, every foreign war, veterans of foreign wars. Uh, from World War II, um, Vietnam, Korea, Gulf War, wherever you've served here in Iraq, Second Iraq War, whatever they're calling it, uh, Afghanistan, wherever you serve, veterans, we're glad for you. If you are a cook, if you are a tractor driver, if you are on the front lines, we salute you and we thank you for, our, for your service to the country that keeps our freedoms free. And I just want to appreciate that. And uh, uh, there's a lot going on, and we're going to talk about quite a bit. Uh, first story we're going to be leading out as soon as we end our prayer. We'll be talking about a pastor um, who committed suicide, and um, it, it is just a tragic story. We'll be talking about uh, uh, Pastor Teddy Parker, and, and we'll be talking uh, about um, 
uh, mental illness with with pastors and those issues like that. And then at the bottom of the hour, we'll be joined by author Monica Hudson, and we'll be discussing her new book, uh, third in the third book in the series, and it's titled Over There, and it's a book of reflections and meditations. And she'll be joining us, and we'll be talking about some of her uh, stories and meditation uh, later on in the hour. But let's go to the Lord in prayer real quick. God, our Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for loving us beyond our own selves. And we thank you for the opportunity once again to go on the great airwaves. Bless the show, the listeners, and all who will participate. We ask this, O oh God, the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. Amen. So we're going to lead off this morning with a very, very sad story. Uh, before I get in that, uh, those of you, everyone is familiar with the um, typhoon that happened in the Philippines, and uh, death toll has been estimated from uh, as low as 2,200 to as 2,200 people to as many as 10,000. Uh, there are mass graves across that country, a, a lot of people. Uh, some miracles, some stories that uh, uh, they are just fanatic, uh, fantastical stories uh, coming out of that. But I want to take the time to encourage you, my listeners, if you can, to make a donation of any kind to any of these uh, agencies that are uh, are committed to helping uh, that country. Uh, you can do it to the American Red Cross, the United um, uh, Children's Fund. There's several agencies, uh, Salvation Army, and many other uh, Samaritan's Purse. There are many other agencies, Christian, secular, that are uh, committed to um, to helping the people of the Philippines overcome that uh, that disaster. And those of us who live in the South, especially along the glo- the Gulf Coast, we do realize how critical it is when we have hurricanes and, and um, things of that nature. How critical it is for support to get there. And know that when you contribute, make sure that you're contributing to uh, reputable agencies. If you're going to do it online, make sure that you, uh, you you're uh, cognizant and aware uh, of those agencies. You know, uh, do something with a reputable agent as an agency, as I mentioned before. Even if you go on Facebook, uh, you can donate uh, as much as little as ten dollars to do, uh, uh, to the Red Cross on your Facebook page. Um, Whatever you choose to do, do so and, and uh, lift up those, uh, the, uh, help those survivors and those people in the Philippines. I want to take a moment before we go further um, to acknowledge the passing of uh, one of the great leaders of the African Methodist Episcopal Church. She was the, uh, uh, in the person of the Reverend Dr. Sarah. Francis Davis, uh, or Bishop, I'm sorry, Bishop Sarah Francis Davis, who was the presiding prelate of the 16th Episcopal District of the African Methodist Episcopal, who just a week ago lost lost her battle to cancer and made her transition to glory. And uh, we as a church, uh, a connectional church, will be celebrating her life on this weekend. And uh, we're asking that you pray for her family. And uh, all the Methodist, all the the body of Methodism. She was the vice president of the World Methodist Council, and she served the African Methodist Episcopal Church in, in a wonderful way. I had the opportunity to work with her when she was a pastor in uh, the Texas area. We would go to meetings and we would pray together. We were on the prayer team for the Connectional Church, and uh, I had the privilege of knowing her. She will be greatly missed. So I just wanted to take this time to. Um, acknowledge her and her wonderful ministry and celebrate her life but those of you who are in the Houston area um we will be they will be celebrating her life on Saturday at Without Walls Church so if you get an opportunity to go and uh share some love uh to uh bishop to the family of bishop Sarah Francis Taylor Davis uh i i uh, i'm leading off with a story here that kind of saddens me um, if you've been online any of this week, particularly this week, you may have come across the story of, of of a pastor that 
who killed himself, committed suicide. And the story headline read, Pastor admits, Pastor commits suicide after admitting that he felt God sometimes did not hear him. And when I saw that, I immediately thought, oh, my God, this man had lost his faith. And as a result of losing his faith, he, you know, he took his life. But it was quite the contrary. And uh, the story of Pastor Teddy Parker, Jr., who was the pastor of the Bib, uh, Bib Mount Zion Baptist Church in Macon, Georgia, took his life, committed suicide on Sunday after following the morning service at his church where he pastored. Um, he went home, and apparently they had a, an afternoon service that they were he was supposed to be at. Uh, he sent his family ahead, his wife and their two children, ahead to that service. And when he did not arrive for the service, uh, they uh, went home to find him dead. He had a self-inflicted gunshot wound to uh while he was in the driveway in his truck. And so the moment the story broke, most of the story's headline, as I said before, read that he felt God was not hearing him anymore, was not listening to him anymore. Uh, but, the, but the reality was that the story came from a video of him that was that he preached on YouTube, and I went to his. I went to the YouTube channel. He had he had a YouTube channel with some uh, some of his sermons, and the guy could preach. He was a good preacher. I, got, I have to meet, admit that I, I enjoyed listening to some of his sermons. Uh, they were very very good sermons. Um, so he had that channel, and uh, one of the sermons that he preached um, was where he mentioned about going through a storm. And the storm here uh, was, he was preaching about uh, disciples being in the storm and Jesus wasn't there. Uh, and those persons lifted, uh, uh, I lifted part of that sermon where he says, sometimes y'all don't, and then he implicated himself in it. Sometimes he didn't hear God. He felt like God wasn't with him, but he knew that God was, and uh, he said sometimes God seems to withdraw himself from us, not to make himself look bad, but to uh, mature us. And so um, that that part was lifted and ran as the headline. But it has since come out, it has since come out that uh, Pastor that Pastor Parker struggled uh, uh, depression. Manic depression, as a matter of fact, and his wife, and well, I'm not sure the children know they were too young to to realize it. But his wife was aware, and he had gone. He was getting help. He was on medication uh, for uh, depression, and he was receiving help, but um, it was still not enough. And he tragically took his own life. Um, Pastor E. Dewey Smith, an acquaintance of mine, and probably. Um, well, not uh, he acquaintance of his, but one of Smith, uh, one of um, one of Parker's best friends, uh, in ministry, uh, commented that uh, uh, Parker would he didn't show the signs of depression, he didn't show any signs of of fatigue, even though he was, but um, it, it caught everyone off guard and. and in an article by the Christian Post, uh, by Leonard Blair of the Christian Post, this is what Dewey Smith said um, about uh, his friend. He says that uh, his friend was suffering from manic depression and he had emotional issues that he was dealing with. And he was in treatment, but he couldn't step away from ministry. He said he needed a break from ministry, but in, in our culture, that is the black culture, the culture forbids it. How do you share? How much grace do people allow? And 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 Pastor Smith makes a great point, and I want to share this. Uh, I have struggled with depression. I have been, uh, even though I'm, I'm I'm trained as a clinical therapist and as a pastoral psychotherapist, uh, even though it's my training, even though even though I I spent uh, I've I've gone to therapy. You know, I started off going to therapy uh, when I was 
in, in grad school in Arkansas and experiencing some very difficult times. I was in graduate school, working full-time, pastoring a church, and at the time I was married, and the marriage wasn't doing so well. <laughs> and so I went to counseling, and I ended up being, uh, you know, uh, I, w- I thought I was bipolar. <laughs> I wasn't bipolar. It was just an intense amount of stress. And um, so, you know, I was placed on some antidepressants and some um stress reliever and, and told to kind of slow down and of course being a pastor is very difficult to slow down because if you slow down even the slightest it's a sign of spiritual weakness to some you know you're not strong enough to be a pastor you're not strong enough to be a minister so you have to endure quite a bit of things that uh the average person probably would succumb to and you have to put on that big front that all is well when you know all is not well nonetheless uh, as Pastor Dewey uh, says, that our tradition almost forbids pastors from seeking out any kind of help. Uh, almost forbids pastors for caring from themselves. And I wrote a piece, I wrote an article about seven years ago that dealt with the issue of infidelity among clergy and some of the variables that contribute to it. And one of the variables that I discovered was pressure from the church. A lot of preachers, uh, and th- and again, this is this is uh, uh, a large a large study, uh, uh, a large theme, and it's not direct, you know. But one of the variables, one of the factors that uh, that led to some pastors, some pastors, not all, but some, uh, being uh, immoral, uh, acting immorally, or in, in unfaithful was the stress of the church uh they couldn't they weren't able to share the stressors with the church of the church with their their wife or their significant other the spouse and because of that you know it may have drove them somewhere else now now uh that isn't always the case some some preachers just freaks <laughs> some of them just you know let me move on yeah but um the mental health in the black community altogether, the black community, not just in the black church, but in the black community, is severely frowned upon. And I noticed that uh, I, I work as part-time as a chaplain, and one of the things that I notice when, when I have patients that are, that are going through some very serious emotional, uh, they're going through some serious health crises, but added on the emotional and mental uh, fears that accompany that accompany that you you find that they rather just talk about the physical body than the emotional and mental state when the emotional and mental state contribute a great deal to the physical and uh in the black in the black community you know it's still a big taboo to seek out counseling of any kind um uh, it, it it's amazing and one of my goals is and I, I've shared with several pastors, and one of my goals is to get those who are struggling to be uh, more, to be freer to express and articulate that struggling to their congregation. I'm one of the, I try to be transparent with my congregation, and I try to share, uh, but it's, it's difficult, and, and I share with this, shared this with a, a friend of mine who is a non-believer. I said, uh, I have learned, and I am learning how to be transparent enough with my my humanity to not be afraid of expressing that without being, uh, you know, without fear of my congregation or other preachers taking advantage of that. And I say that because a lot of pastors. And they may not, they may never say this publicly, but the biggest fear is appearing weak to their members, and their members taking advantage of that weakness. In other words, you know, they show a sign of uh, uh, emotional distress of any kind. And if they're in a, uh, if, I'm part of a connectional church, but if they're in a Baptist church where you know the deacons run everything and the deacons use that to oust that pastor, put that pastor out and get in another one. You know, that's a that's a very difficult thing. In our case, you know, being itinerant, uh, 
if the, there's an emotional connection between the, the church and the pastor and the pastor gets moved and that connection breaks, it, you know, that, that, that plays a part into it also. But I have learned to be transparent, and I am learning to be transparent regarding those states. I don't mind uh, sharing my fears with my congregation, my concerns about myself uh, with my congregation. And I don't mind sharing it with other preachers. And, you know, when it comes down to preachers sharing with preachers, there's always this 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 uh, idea that that other preacher going to try to get what you have. It may not be the case, but it's just how it comes across sometimes. And uh, I think we as the black church need to do better. We have to do better uh, in undergirding our spiritual leaders. By undergirding, I mean we have to be able to sh- allow them to show their humanity without uh, tearing them down. Uh, uh, Dewey Smith, again, I'm going to quote this article. Uh, Dewey Smith said uh, that Parker showed no signs of problems that he that could account for his suicide. And he is now, you know, he's getting ready to deliver. Uh, he's going to preach the, the funeral on Saturday. But uh, but here's the thing. Here's some of the things that led to uh, Pastor Parker's decision to uh, take his life. Uh, his parents had passed. They had they had passed within the, uh, the, the uh, 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 a small a short time of frame. That was his primary support system. And then just um, just uh, the, earlier this year, um, his mentor, his pastor. His trusted advisor passed away, and that that those three individuals were the core of his, uh, you know, that, those were the core of his his um, support system. And when they passed, you know, he he had to take up that mantle, take up those mantles, and uh, he was still struggling emotionally. He wasn't able to really undergird himself take up those mantles and then he reported that so many people were depending on him and so many people were um you know doing all this now relying on him and he just could not he could not take depression and and that is you'll find if you speak to many pastors that is the case you know the lack of camaraderie camaraderie is is more prevalent than we care to imagine you know you know, you, you, with this Preachers of L.A. show, it's, it, it's, it's exploiting, it's giving a false sense of reality for the actual pastors. Most pastors, you know, are not like these guys on that television show. These guys are actually really more further removed from uh, ministry. At least it's portrayed that way on the film. They may be more engaged with their congregants, but a uh, few of them are are not as engaged. Um, I think there may be a couple who uh, uh, were portrayed as being engaged in the ministry, but most of them are removed. They have others, uh, pastoral staff on there. And when you talk about a minister like myself, I am a pastor. I don't have any assistant ministers. I don't have, you know, three, four preachers sitting down while I'm up preaching. I, I don't have that luxury. I carry the burden of an entire ministry on my back by myself. In one year, uh, we buried about six or seven key personnel and the key members of the church that was very difficult for me to to handle. Uh, you know, and, and and as a young when I was younger in ministry, you know, in my as a teenager and in my early twenties, dealing with that part was really stressful. You know, uh, carrying the burden of pastoral ministry and you are having to be a a, a comforter and you know, especially when I was a teenager. I didn't really have the words to say when it came to having to deal with death, uh, visiting people in the hospital. I, you know, I, I could do that, but I didn't really understand the, the fullness of the calling and the equip, the equipping that I was needed to carry out that ministry. It was a great burden. Uh, now that I'm a little more older and I've been, you know, you have 20 years, on, I have 20 years under my belt uh, of pastoral ministry. It, it hasn't become any easier. As a matter of fact, it's become even more difficult because... Uh, I'm feeling a greater sense of the burden, and 
they're uh, uh, I'm, I'm finding more ways to uh, get that released. You know, would have without being immoral, <laughs> but it is very challenging. So um, I said all that, and I, I didn't intend to spend so much time on this commentary, uh, but I, I really think that it has to be addressed. I think the church collectively needs to address it. We've had several. Uh, there was two ministers uh, who came out. One pastor in particular, just a few weeks ago. Uh, came out to his church and announced that he was struggling with mental illness. He stepped down from the church. Uh, another pastor uh, recently admitted that he was experiencing some emotional trauma because his wife was going through some things and they were, you know, they were going to, they were divorcing and it was it was putting an emotional strain on. So he also stepped out. But I'm saying that. And these were predominantly white congregations. And the black church, you know, I never forget. I asked one time, I asked my bishop, I said, Bishop, I want to take a sabbatical. Can I take a sabbatical? And the bishop outright told me, said, Yeah, you can take one, but that don't mean you have a church when you come back. And I was like, You know, okay, all right, fine. <laughs> I guess I won't be a pastor. Big deal. No. <laughs> but I said all that to say that I. I I want to encourage pastors, those who are listening to me, do not be afraid to seek out professional help. Do not let the stress and strains of ministry cause you to uh, bring harm to yourself. And by harm, that doesn't necessarily mean committing suicide, but I'm talking about holistically. You know, don't allow it to overwhelm your body where you wear yourself out physically and you're unable to minister. Don't allow it to overcome and affect your family, where you're neglecting your family, you're negligent in your family, familiar dues, uh, responsibilities, and that causes tension. Don't, you know, be aware of yourself. Create healthy boundaries for yourself, for your members, for your family. I've learned to do that. I have established healthy boundaries. I've, uh, and find a a group of core people that you can that can be a support system. You know they don't have to be members of the church, but it's it's okay to have some members aware about what you're struggling with. You know, be able to be willing to share and preach about it from the pulpit. Be willing to share you your humanity from the pulpit. Don't be don't try to be super a, a super spiritual person. Let them see your humanity. Let them love you with your frailty. And I guarantee you, you know, your ministry will be more effective. And you will also uh, have a more abundant life, as Christ said. Christ said that I came to give you life more abundant. Life and that more abundantly. Don't cheat yourself. Don't sell yourself short. All right. I'm going to take a break, and when we come back from the break, we'll be joined by author uh, Monica Hudson, who is the publisher, author and publisher of uh, the third book in a series called Over There, Raindrops of Reflection. She'll be joining with, with us, and we'll be discussing her uh, her book and maybe even continuing this conversation. I don't know. Hey, you, you know, <laughs> we're going to take a break, and um, – and uh, when we come back, that's who that's who we'll be joined by, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. So we'll be right back after this. yesterday. Part of it is the cut of today's suit. Short jacket, narrow lapel, moderate fit. But part of it is the cut of the man himself. Because today, it's not so much the brand of suit that defines the man, as it is the brand of man who wears it. You're going to like the way you look. I guarantee you. It's our favorite. Yours and mine. 
because we found it together on a walk, walk, walk. Love to walk. A long walk. A, a walk with you. A walk I smelled squirrels on, but I stayed by your side because I could tell, could feel that you had a bad day and me being bad wouldn't make it any better. But being there was already helping a little anyway. And then we found that wonderful thing waiting there, waiting for you and me. And you smiled and threw it. And I decided right when I picked it up, I would never, ever leave it anywhere, ever. Because that wonderful bouncy roll around thing had made you play. And that had made you smile. Put more play in your day. Beneful. Play. It's good for you. we figure out a way to divvy up the oh, shared data plan fairly. So, uh, whoever's fathered the most children gets the most data. Let's just do it by hair. Body hair? Most dental work. What? Stop downloading and stop liking everything. It should be by who has the least amount of cartilage in their left knee. Just want to take a bath. Say no to sharing. Say yes to Sprint. With truly unlimited data, text, and calling. Those of you who've listened to my show uh, realize that uh, about a year ago, a little over a year ago, my computer crashed on me, and I had lost just, I thought I lost just about everything on my computer, all my important files and documents. But then I remembered that I had security. I had my files backed up automatically by Carbonite.com. Now, here's the good thing about Carbonite.com. They have the same encrypted technology that is used uh, for security, uh, e-commerce, transactions, all that stuff. They got it, right? And then they house it in state-of-art data centers that's guarded 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I wasn't worried because I knew my files were automatically backed up. And here's the good thing. I, I didn't have to worry about retrieving them either because I could access my files from any computer anywhere in the world. So if, if, if you, you feel like you're going to lose your stuff, I recommend Carbonite.com because that's the place to go. You don't have to worry about the cost either because they have a price for every budget you can imagine. Not only that, but if you go through that site today, you could get a 15-day free trial right now if you go in today. That's Carbonite.com for all your online backing needs. All they do is back up your files online. They don't do anything else. You can be guaranteed that all of your important documents, everything that you love on your computer will be safe and secure Check them out today at Carbonite.com for your online backup. I wasn't born to push papers. I was born to push myself. To go where I'm needed. To keep this country safe. I was born with the backbone and brain power to take on any mission. This is my office. I was born ready. GoCoastGuard.com Welcome back to Zero of the Day. Uh, we are back, and uh, it's a happy Wednesday. It's a cold Wednesday on it. Cold Wednesday outside uh, here in Mississippi, and I'm sure everywhere else. And well, hey, it's that time of year, so I guess I gotta get used to it. But uh, we, we uh, last segment we, I guess we got my uh, personal air. Last segment we were uh, discussing uh, Pastor. And we said we we uh, we are joined this in this segment by a very special guest, author Monica F. Hudson. Uh, she is the author of Over There, uh, Raindrops of Reflection. She's also a self-publisher uh, of Hudson Publishers, and I think she's on the air. Monica, are you on the air? Yes, I am. Good morning. Okay. <laughs> you, you sound a little uh, stressed there. 
No, <laughs> no, no. Uh, I just, um, I'm having a great day. I was uh, listening I, to your commentary. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, and uh, I'm glad that you are able to be on the show. And, uh, you know, I, I apologize for, for going a little longer. I'm, I tend to be long-winded sometimes. <laughs> but uh, glad to have you on the show. And uh, I'm ready to talk about your book here. Uh, that's titled Over There, Reflections on Raindrops on Reflections. And um, so, but before we get into that, tell, tell my audience who never heard about you at all, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your background, and uh, how this this book came to be. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I am a native of Pine Bluff, Arkansas. Uh, I, curr- I, cur- I currently live in Little Rock, Arkansas. And I, I'm uh, also uh, in the. I've been in the healthcare field for about uh, 20 plus years, and um, I always have had a passion for writing. And so this is my ministry and my calling to minister uh, to people through writing. Oh, okay, that's good. Uh, so uh, let, let's talk a little bit about the book here over there. Now, over there is a collection of meditations and reflections. Is that right? That is correct. Okay. Uh, and I, I, I thank you. I've, I've gotten the book and I reviewed. Uh, 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 saw some that really I, I really enjoyed reading it. But uh, let's talk a little bit about a couple that uh, that just caught my eye. There's one that you have called Dreams and Choices. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, that particular meditation, uh, um, excuse me, boy, my my brain is going frozen. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about uh, dreams and choices. What what were you trying to come uh, convey from that one? Well, um, I just uh, my writing is um, how I started my writing off. First of all, is I went through a spiritual storm. I had a lot of loss in my life, and uh, that is when um, he came uh, like a waterfall, and um, through the writing, which is through the Holy Spirit, is what I I define as the waterfall, um, I was given different things to uh, uh, use as a messenger, Um, and this book is about God's promises. And the dreams and choices uh, is uh, one of the, uh, I guess you could say, sonnets, is about our journey and that we do have a a choice um, in this life of whom to follow and whom to serve. And that he is always available to us and that he's always with us and he uh, he walks with us on this journey and leads us to um, to the, our divine home, our eternal home, and that uh, no matter what circumstances that I find myself in, that it's my the power of your faith that will tear down those mountains or those uh, those walls of that are um, that have uh, surrounded you. Because it's the the power of his word that uh, magnifies whatever your distress is. So it's it's my it's uh, it's my dream and my choice to serve him and to um, find peace with him, even in heaven. I have those dreams and choices, and as we know the story of the archangel, he also had a dream and a choice. But he he chose to love himself. So that's basically what that sonnet is about. It's about the uh, uh, belief in God and about the journey on using the power of faith in my life. Awesome. Now you have um yeah you have several good ones here and, and as like I said I was perusing through and I saw several good ones here. Another one that caught my eye in the book is is uh meditation that you titled look at me 
And uh, in there, you you talk about the Creator, and you talk about the light of His love. You talk about uh, uh, seeing the Creator over there watching watching you uh, in the light of His hand. Uh, and you use um, Psalm eight and Psalm eight and uh, and that, it talks about how how uh, God made man just a little lower. Than the angels, and I, I appreciate. It. Can you expound on that a little more? Oh, um, on the on the uh, the sonnet. Look at me. Yes. Well, um, it's the amazing creation of God. We we are so amazing. Uh, we are amazing creatures. Uh, there's a lot of things to look at in the world, and of everything that the Lord has made. But we are of his greatest creation, and uh, that carries a lot of, of weight of how we should carry ourselves because God loves us so much, and he wants to give us so many, uh, give of himself and give so many things to us. And it's, um, uh, uh, looking at ourselves, not so much even on the outside, but that God is doing something amazing on the inside of us through the spiritual man. And it's the, it's the inner journey, which is basically um, what this is all about. It's an inner journey, and God is using different situations to create and creating different situations um, to uh, use pressure. Uh, to uh, expound, I guess I'm using that correct word, um, or pressing to bring out um, the things that he wants to use that he has placed within us. So uh, that is basically what that uh, sonnet is about. Uh, it's about the great, uh, the greatest creation, which is man, and uh, how God is... Uh, awed by us, his creation and all that he's, uh, all that he has placed within us. Oh, that sounds good. Uh, and you, you, I, I like the fact that you, you, you emphasize that we are his creation. That you know he put the good stuff in us, and and I, I notice that you believe that it's good in everybody, and and that's that's absolutely fantastic. Uh, there's another one that caught my 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 view, and. Um, and I, um, this one really hit home. Uh, the Quiet Moments, the sonnet titled "Quiet Moments." Um, I'll, I'm going to let you expound about that, and then when, when we finish that, we're going to uh, uh, talk a little bit about uh, your publishing company, uh, your self-publishing, and things of that nature. Um, but in the Quiet Moments, you, you talk about um, being able to reflect on the day. How? Uh, tell me. Tell me. Uh, is there a particular process that you use when you are in a quiet moment or reflection? Is there is there a particular process that helped bring about this book, or is there any method that you may uh, may have for listeners uh, uh, for quiet time? Well, uh, this book is uh, first of all. Let me say that this book is the third book in a book series called Sleeper Awake. And I named that series Sleeper Awake because um, I was awakened to my calling. And uh, on this inner journey, uh, the first book was called The Bride and the Bridegroom, A Spiritual Romance. And though I've been a Christian all of my life, it is through the calling that I really heard him call me and my pur- and to my purpose, uh, which is to do writing. And that is my uh, service, is to do writing through the word of God. And it's all about love. And having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, who is the great lover. And the second book is called Changed in the Heat of the Fire, which I basically was a testimony of all the things that I went through uh, uh, during uh, in the process process of this calling, or through all the losses, but I'm telling you uh, how God is using you for His purpose. 
And this book God is the third book called God's Promises. And it's when you have that personal relationship with him that you can go to him and you can you can talk to him about anything. He's not asking you to uh, make a speech or to um, be elaborate. He just wants you to come to him and be yourself because he after, he, after all, made you and he knows everything about you. And your faith and your belief in his son is what gives you that peace. No matter what's going through, uh, the difficulties that you're going through in your life, he has always has an open door for you. But it's your faith that will always take you there. And God's timing, he has a timing, and he also tests you to see if where you are and how true you are to him. But if you're walking in love with him, you will always um, know that he will bring you through and bring you out of wherever situation that you are in. But we must always be thankful to him for everything, no matter where we are. And that's basically what that sonnet is about. That's a good message. Uh, I think that's a, a well needed message for this time uh especially in you know as i was speaking uh as i was talking earlier about you know the crises that people are experiencing emotionally particularly clergy you know as as i talked about the pastor earlier i i think that that is a much needed message to hear so i appreciate that i that's one that really caught my time I, i'm trying to get back into the habit of having those quiet moments quiet times reflection times and letting god speak to me uh, and whatnot. <laughs> Hopefully, I won't be too yes. too busy not to hear. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, uh, you know, Elijah wanted to uh, hear God, and he God came to him. If you, if you know the scripture, came to him in different ways. Uh, uh, once he came, he came through fire and wind. Uh, the the the. But the last time he came, he came. Uh, as um, quiet, quietness. So it's in the stillness of those times you give to him is when he will give you his self, his uh, tell you things and reveal things to you when you're still enough and shut things out. Um, that's when he will show you things, um, not, not so much of the world but of himself. And that is where you find your peace. Even in where you can be in the busiest place, but when you uh, go to your still quiet place, is where you find your peace through all turmoil. And that's the problem with the world now, is because we uh, seem to have lost uh, or forgotten how to get there. But. Uh, it's that relationship and that intimate relationship uh, having with him is that when you find your quiet place, your love place with him. Amen to that. Amen to that. Uh, uh, now, let's shift gears uh, and talk about uh, the book. Uh, well, not the book. We're talking about the book, but um, you uh, self-published the book. Tell me what that process was like. Uh, and, and they were, you know, if they, what advice you would give to listeners who may be interested in uh, self-publishing? Okay. Well, uh, I don't think that a lot of people know the difference between uh, self-publishing and traditional. But um, and traditional is when you send your your article or your manuscript to a publishing company, and they, uh, if it's uh, something that they are looking for uh, or are needing at that period in time, they will accept it, and then you are do a um, how you say a uh, royalty. You'll be paid a royalty for it. Self-publishing is a little different. It gives uh, the writer uh, more power to um, use their creativity with their book. They can make their own changes. They can um, uh, change the uh, inside of the book, whatever it is that they want to do. But it gives the the writer more power to um, um, 
put their creativity into it. Um, and one of the first things that a, that a writer needs is to have an ISBN number. And uh, that, that number is that long number that you usually see inside the book. And it is, uh, um, you have to have that in order to start publishing your book. And another thing that the writer wants to have is to get a good editor to edit your book because that's what makes a book really stand, uh, stand out and have a good layout and a good cover that reflects your book, uh, that uh, says what the, you want the cover of your book to say what the inside of your book is saying, uh, and something to draw the, um, to draw the reader into um, whatever it is that you're trying, your message of your book. And good marketing is also always a plus. But first of all, make sure you have a good marketing plan before you start any of this, any of these processes. Have a good marketing plan because it's it's what uh, it's the vehicle that guides you through all the whole process, basically. I I learned that lesson the hard way. I I pub, uh, self published one of my books, and um, I basically gave about 500 copies away <laughs> i mean i i was i was literally yeah i was instead of selling uh you know i i did a short print run of about a thousand copies and um and you know like i said i i i i was scared i was yeah i was scared i was like well i shouldn't be charging for my work and then i i looked back and i said wait a minute it cost me more <laughs> to produce this work <laughs> you know the posters the 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 planning for tours and all this and I'm giving them away. <laughs> my uh, my partner my partner had to correct me on that and uh, we're up for our, for another printing and and uh, we're looking for uh, well matter of fact I I self publish but I'm, I'm you know I'm partnering with other uh, self publishers and and those guys want to make a profit <laughs> so they they're going to make sure. That I make a profit because they want to make a profit, and uh, and I had to I had to learn it the hard way. You know, I'm I'm not the marketer. <laughs> well, um, it was a very long journey for for me because uh, uh, in school I did study uh, journalism, and uh, I've always had a a love of English, um, but I. Uh, basically, it strayed away from it. Uh, life strayed me away from it. But um, God has this amazing way of bringing you around. He might have to bring you around the bush, you know, so to speak. So He brought me back to that passion and that love, uh, because it's um, what He's planted in me to do. Ground zero, and I had to do a lot of reading and researching and learning my craft. Um, so, uh, but it's been a wonderful journey, and I I I love it, and uh, I love what I do, and the, uh, the the most joy that I get out of it is that I'm I'm working for him, and so he will always bring me to where he wants me to be, and uh, so uh, that is uh, that is the whole joy of it all, you know that. Uh, Whatever the next move or the next process is going to be, is that he'll he'll give me that open door to uh, walk through to to be used because I'm after all a, a vessel to be used by God. But I, the whole journey of uh, publishing is a fascinating thing to see, and it's really a joy for the author to be able to. Um, see the process, hold the process in his hand, the long journey. It's like climbing a mountain, basically. Uh, for me, it is. And to just to see that whole process uh, come to being is just so wonderful. All right. Now, uh, let, let's, let, we, are, we have a few more minutes here. So tell my audience how they can get a copy of your book and if they are interested in uh, working with you as a self-publisher, uh, how they can get in contact with you. So just give, you know, let's just put a plug in for you <laughs> at this time. Go ahead and give your information out uh, to our audience. Okay. 
Okay. Well, uh, you can reach me on my website at www.2cdivineanswers.com. And uh, there at the site, there's a place where you can contact me. Uh, there's a little bit of everything there, uh, inspirational music. There's uh, words there uh, that you know where I, what I'm doing um, with my books and my work. And um, you can also purchase my books there. Uh, I have my list of all my books and other things that I'm doing there. You can reach me there. at uh, And you can reach me on Facebook. You can reach me on LinkedIn. I'm very accessible. LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, Twitter. I'm basically on Stompleton. I'm basically on all the platforms. Uh, you can reach me at any of those. But uh, the basic way is to go to my website. And I'm on book tour right now. So, um I've done uh, two book tours, so you can go to Wordsworth Bookstore here in Little Rock, Arkansas, and I have books there. And you can go to that bookstore in Blyville, Arkansas. I also have books there. And I'm on book tour this Saturday at uh, Full Circle Bookstore um, in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. And that's between the hours of 3 and 5. And you can also call or... uh, Go there and purchase that book. Purchase the book over there at that there at that store. So I'm very I try to make myself very accessible, and uh, I love meeting people. So you can reach me there on any, right. of, on any of those sites. Mm-hmm. All right, we're talking with uh, author Monica Hudson. She's the author of Over There: Raindrops and Reflection. She's also the publisher uh, with Hudson Publishers. And um, she go to her go to her website, go to her Facebook page, and I'm telling you, this book, uh, Raindrops of Reflection, is a book of sonnets and reflections that are very, very uh, easy to read and very powerful uh, and inspiring for your soul and spirit. You you will be inspired. Uh, uh, Miss Monica, Miss Hudson, thank you so much for being a guest today on Zero Today. Uh, and um, if you uh, did not get her information. She has that. Uh, you can simply go to the the Zero Today Facebook page, and you'll see the link to uh, her information. And uh, I'm telling you, you ought to go get the book. And maybe we should try to get you down here in the Jackson Metro area. Uh, we got to work on that. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much for the invitation. I would love to come. And I've enjoyed right. your show. Well, I enjoyed uh, being having you on the show, and it's always good to talk to somebody. See, Pine Bluff is my second home, <laughs> literally. <laughs> <laughs> Pine Bluff is my second home, and and of course, you you know some of my friends, and uh, oh, yes. of course, your pastor yes. is a very good friend of mine, and you know I pastored yes. up there for a while, and in that area, so uh, it's like talking to family. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, Allen Temple is my church home, and uh, I was uh, raised in that church, worked in that church, and uh, a lot of the members there are like my mother and father. They have helped raise me. So, yes, that is my home. (laughs) Well, good. Glad to have you on the show. Uh, Talking to author Monica Hudson, author of Over There, Raindrops of Reflection, and we pray more success for you, and uh, that it will go forward, go well. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that pretty much wraps up our show for today, and um, we appreciate all you who are listening. We are, we will be on hiatus. We are going into the Eighth Episcopal District uh, planning meeting with Bishop Julius S., uh, uh, Julius McAllister, and all the people of Louisiana, Mississippi, we'll be having a good time. And again, we're asking that those of you who are listening to the show, if you will send up your prayers for uh, uh, Pastor, uh, the pastor family and Bishop Sarah Davis's family and others who may be experiencing the loss of loved ones. Of course, if you can't give a chance, get a chance, make sure you try to donate to the uh, Disaster Relief Fund for uh, the Philippines. Yeah, but uh, this is Pastor Neil. I just want to let you know that I'm so glad that I've been able to join you again for another episode of Zero of the Day. You guys have a great win. Till then, till next time, it's Pastor Renzo Neil saying, be blessed.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.